0: Mr. Rufus Gordon, how's it going, my brother? Yes, sir, I'm Gucci. (laughs) That's what's up. Everybody, welcome back to Living Your Truth with Tavares. I have a very special guest today, a very, very dear friend of mine, um, family, really. Um, Well-accomplished rap star and father, and now business mogul, we know him as Boogeyman, a.k.a. Boogie Madoff, a.k.a. The Don Monster. But I know him as Rufus Gordon. What's up, Rufus? How you doing? How you doing, bro? I'm doing terrific, my brother. So glad to have you on the show today, man. Real talk. You know, I know we have a whole lot to cover. So this interview will probably be in two parts, maybe even three, depending on how, on how deep we go. You know right how we get down on the, when we connect. <laughs> so today's show is about slowing down and so um i thought that was an appropriate subject to touch on given both of our pasts and the things that we've been into uh why don't you let the people know a little bit about who you are and where you've been and then we'll get into some questions and things like that Hold on, my but I'm gonna swallow or
1: something. Ah, oh, yeah, ah, oh, you know, boogie money made up, man. Yeah, man, I you will know, never take a day off. You know, <laughs> um, you know boogie Belichick, man, I coach this shit. You know,
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love your energy too, as always. Um, how's your day going? You good? It's good, man. I
1: just got all my workout today. My little fitness, uh, uh um. What's that shit called? Um, my little um, circuit fit- training I'll be doing. You know what I'm saying? That's some new shit I'm on. Ever since You're I changed my whole lifestyle and ever since I slowed down. You know what I'm saying? That's like the one of the highlight part of my day. That's the fun part of my day. I like that. I mean? You know how to find different avenues of fun. Because I used to find fun was, you know, just partying hard and all that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? They gonna took the fun out of that. You know what I'm saying? So this is this is slow, this is a slow down version of fun for me.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. And very much, you know, I respect that. Cause like I said, we have similar paths. We done hung out many times and we didn't got into things. Um, how would you say living your truth has, or is helping you today? It's, um, it's, um,
1: it's helping me like live with my truth, like honestly, like I'm gonna break down like a uh, scenario, like like right before we talk, right before I got on the on the on the on the, on the show, I talked to mm-hmm. you know our our good our mutual friend Kareem. For sure, you were saying, I uh, uh, I told him like man, I was like, like I'm you know what I'm doing, I'm doing the same thing I always do. I was like yeah, it's like Groundhog Day. He was like nah, um, nah, it's, I'm 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 getting closer to my dream. You know what I'm saying? Every day I wake up and I'm putting work towards. Getting closer to my dream, and I was, I was mm-hmm. like, "You know what? You're right." Because I, as soon as I woke up this morning, first thing I thought about was me looking forward to to uh, to, to passing my get my class A license, and uh, and then like you know, it was so vi- it was so visible to me that like I, I could see me doing it. I see me with it in my hands. You yeah. know, what I'm saying, you I And then I had a vision. We going shopping, furniture shopping, and I had a bad bitch with me and my daughter. Like you know, I'm saying, like. <laughs> Like you know what I'm I trying to so like, you know, Feel like it. my truth. Like that's like so that, to me, like so it's helping. You know what I'm so i can be true to myself. Like I ain't gotta be a persona that I made up as a kid and carried that shit into my adult years, and that turned me into something that was so far from my dream and my truth. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just turned me into a lie, like you know what I'm saying? Like I kept like, you know, as far as like I can go on in, in the depth of that if you want me to. Uh, like, please, yeah. Like to me, that taking me far away from my truth as far as me, like being a, a, a like a rapper. Like I lived that every single day in my life. Like I saw it, and so and you kind of got hard for me to identify who I was as a person because I kept trying to be Boogie Madoff or Boogie Man all the time. Like I'm you saying, know, I was running running run the streets, and and I got so used to people just ca- calling me Boogie Boogie Madeoff. That's who I really was every day. Like, I, I wasn't no more Rufus. There wasn't no room for Rufus. It would just go to sleep, wake up, boogie mail, boogie made I was in the streets, boogie off did drugs, boogie Madoff off uh, mm-hmm. bitches, boogie Madoff. off. They would fuck with hoes, prostitutes, strippers. You know what I'm saying? Look, the fast life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Just, you know what I'm saying? Ruin. It would ruin it, it. Would have a failed relationship and every relationship I, 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 I've ever had. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, didn't care how how it turned out, was real insensitive, you know, so me being the person I am now, like, you know what I'm saying, me, so like, shit, that's like, that was like 15 years of that, of just, of just you know what I'm saying, repeating the same fucked up cycle until that, and eventually, you know what I'm saying, put me in a life, putting me in a life or death situation where I end up almost dying from that, you know what I'm saying, and then so, you know, I'll get into that a little bit more later or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? And then uh um, you know, so now me living my truth, it's uh uh you know, I get to be like I like you see, like I don't know if you've been following keeping keeping up with Kevin Gates, like this motherfucker, he been niggas swimming with swimming swimming with tigers and in, in the ocean or in the in the sea world or wherever the fuck he yeah, I don't know where he's, but he in the water with baby tigers and wow. fucking you know what I'm saying? Shooting bow and arrows and fucking mountain climbing and working out. and wow. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he said, Miss, the first time in my life that I've been off drugs and I'm able to be myself, been true to myself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and this is me as a as a, as a regular person, not Kevin Gates. I mean, not Kevin Gates, the rapper, as a, as a man. This is what I like to do. This is who I am. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is me as a regular person, not living outside of persona. Of this is what I'm supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? So, me like learning how to just deal with people in a different light. Me learn how to think shit out, you know what I'm saying? Before I, I make a decision on shit. And me getting, you know what I'm saying? And like, even like when it comes to women right now, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't shit. Well, I'm, going through, I'm going through a divorce. Like, I could easily, you know what I'm saying? Got something fast, got something quick. But mm-hmm. the, the rate I'm moving at, like, I can't keep up with a fast bitch. Like, you know what I'm mean? saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you know Like I just really? like I, I I look at a fast bitch as as a liability. Like yeah, you know I'm saying. Like to back in the day, I used to know how to handle a fast chick. Like yeah, you know man, it's easy. You know what I'm saying? I wake up, roll over, and tell her it's over. Like yeah, you know I'm saying. Right what? now, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm what? I'm looking for something to hold on to. You know what I'm saying? You know, so I'm taking my time as far as trying to find somebody. You know what I'm saying? You know uh, that I
0: to hold on to but you know what i'm saying but so i hope i'm still on topic oh no you're good you're good no this like i said the great thing about this podcast and i'll explain this to everybody is no one is here to contest nor argue your truth so you're good i mean you're right on message um for anyone just tuning in we got Rufus Gordon on the show, a.k.a. Boogie Money Madoff, a.k.a. the Don Monster, a.k.a. Boogie Man. And it's definitely obvious that you embodied the Boogie Madoff persona. Um, Many people may be taken back by how you speak. But what is important to understand is that Rufus Gordon has been through a lot as Boogeyman, as Boogey Money Madoff, as the Don Monster. So just so that I put things in, in into context for the listeners, when you guys hear him talk, this is his truth. So please don't be offended by the phrases or the words that he's using. This is his truth. This is what the podcast is all about. I'm not going to censor anyone. I'm not going to try to curve their lingo or their language because we as individuals don't like to be censored so why would I do that here so I just want to put that in the context for folks as they're listening to the show so which leads me into my next question Um, and you've touched on this but elaborate has living your truth ever held you back um yeah, let me let me help you with that. What I mean is, we just talked about your other personas: Boogie Money Madoff, the Don Monster, and Boogeyman. Would it be fair to say that while living the Boogie Mo- the, the 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 Boogie Money Made Off persona, you just mentioned how you were that every day? Did you ever feel like that version of your truth or that version of you held you back?
1: Yeah, because I never grew up doing that program. Okay, and I, honestly, like. And you know, like I said, while well, I was living a life, so I held myself back a lot. And I was through sometimes being that person, I was afraid to, be, I was afraid of success a lot too. Like I missed a lot of opportunities, not, not being ready to move on. Really? The other, other things, or I don't know if that makes
0: sense, but it, it totally does. Let's, let's go into that a little bit. Now, I've rocked stages with you, I've promoted parties with you, I've promoted some of your shows for you. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to hear you say that you were afraid of success, knowing how much work you've put in. I'm not sure if people quite understand the kind of work Boogie Money Madoff has put in. Let me just remind some folks. We got the Restock album in 2017. Okay. We have the Tank God EP that dropped 2021. We got the Breach, the gang, the the Breach, sorry, the 408 gang single that dropped also in 2021. Not to mention uh When you was rocking with Billy Boy Music Group, you had the Patron featuring Melee. That was a huge record. And then of course you got a joint with, um, he's not here no more, so Rest In Paradise to, to, to Lil Snoop. But you have a song with him called Just Wait. And then of course you got the London Party with Clyde Carson and not to mention, you have a plethora of hits from Tracks A Million, Rest In Paradise, Tracks A Million. So when I hear you speak about having a fear of being successful, where did that come from? Just like I don't know, that could have been from all like the
1: drug uses too. That could have been, you know, me not being confident in myself or not thinking I had what it takes or just me. Like that's what I'm saying. It seemed like I guess now you say it like it's like damn I did all that like but to me I felt like that wasn't enough. And I wasn't getting nowhere because it wasn't enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I was like and then like sometimes like I got put in situations like you know what I'm saying where I think where I know like certain certain people like like when I was signed when I was signed with this Latin, I put out the Boogie Womack, like I'll peaked out on CMC at number three. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? And then they came back with a five year contract. I didn't want to sign it. ain't no telling what that would have took me to. You feel me? hmm You know what I'm saying? So you know, it's just it's just uh um uh, it's a lot of I don't know, you know, and then and then a lot of people from like like that time, like matter of fact, me and Burner was getting managed by Gotos at that time, you feel me? And okay. You, you see where Burner's at, you know what I'm saying? And I'm nowhere
0: near where he's at. You feel know me? Do you think matter of perception? Because when I look at your body of work, um and the records that you've been associated with and the artists that you've been associated with. Um, it's for me as a supporter and, and, a, and a real day one fan of yours, um, I wouldn't even think that you'd be afraid of success. I would think that you'd be running right toward it, but I can relate to how you know opportunities do come up. And of course you're impaired with drugs and alcohol. And so I do understand how that could play a role in not wanting to take advantage of those opportunities. Um, How do you live your truth at this current moment? And how important is it to you to stay present in living your truth? So I like, matter of fact, somebody told me like, matter of fact, somebody, you know, I think, you know, Jay Platinum, I
1: don't know if you know Jay Platinum, but I was talking to Jay Platinum the other day, matter of fact, he helped me put on, put together this show I'm putting on uh, uh right now. Okay. And he was telling me like, he was like, book he's like, he like, man, I want to commend you for the great, the great shit you're doing, man, as a father. And uh, and 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 getting your life back on track. He's like, 'cause I can see the difference. You know what I'm saying? From you, from what mm-hmm. you doing online and what you're doing, like he's off like, back, like when you was strung out on drugs, he's like, you you put shit off all the time. Like you push it off, like y'all I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll push it off, push it off, push it off, push it off. And now until the point like it's so many years have past, and so you in your mind you think you're doing mm-hmm. something, you know what I'm saying, but you really ain't did shit. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. now Exactly. So now you now so, so I can see you doing that. I can see you back. You fresh. You pretty much back to who you was before you started doing drugs. Like a got heavy in the drugs. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was still accomplishing hellish shit. I was, of, but then like like I say towards the end, towards the end of life. You know what I'm saying? Towards the end of life, cause I almost died from that shit. Like I fall, honestly, I think I'm supposed to be dead, but I made a promise to God. I'll get to that later. You know what I'm saying? But um, uh, towards the end of that. Like yeah, I sound like I started just really falling off with everything that I was I was connected to, and so like now so he was like so yeah so, so what was you doing before you started yeah you, know, you was throwing parties and you was and you was and you was in these streets and you was really pumping this rap shit you know what I'm saying you just older now but I can see you got that same energy
0: You're back mm. to
1: be a boogeyman again you know what I'm saying so
0: I know. like that. I like that and and look we all know those of us who have had problems with drug addiction with partying drinking etc we know how easy it is to procrastinate right we know how easy it is to push things off we also know that we will push off an opportunity to go get a bag of powder yeah you know what i'm saying and you and i have done that many times in the past you know what i'm saying um but we were always able to function why do you think that was
1: I'm a functioning addict. Like, that's a routine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, it's just, like, I, I, I got my routine down. And I don't live outside of my routine. You know what I'm saying? But it came a lot of times when the drugs took over the routine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like look, like, it's like matter of fact, you see them old school videos and shit, right? Yeah. Or, like, old school movies and shit where the fucking, like, the temptations where the motherfucker. Doped out, he got his chest wide open, church, his shirt busted open with the hamburger meat hanging out. He in a <laughs> hotel room doing coke. Oh. He got bitches in the bed and shit like that. And the niggas not showing up to rehearsals, not showing up to show. He missing shit like that was me. I started noticing like I was just I'm not going. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not doing it. I isolate myself. I don't want to be around nobody and shit like that. So soon as I started to get to that. I knew this shit was all like, oh, my shit done like. I'm like, damn, how do I get out of this shit? But soon like that, as I made that decision to never go back to doing that shit. Like, yeah, I'm saying like yeah, I don't like it. And now it's just naturally, everything is just coming
0: to me naturally. You feel know I me? Mean? So um, I like that, my brother. Welcome to the other side. Let's talk a little bit about that because I, as a supporter, friend, and family member, and confidant of yours, um, I absolutely appreciate and commend you and congratulate you on your sobriety. I know it took you going through hell a few times, but the beautiful thing about going through hell, you going through hell, is you didn't stop there. I'm going to say that again for people who, who don't quite understand what I just put down. He was going through hell, has been going through hell a couple of times, but he didn't stop there he kept on going rufus what do you think it was that kept you wanting to live because we all know it's like we know that we want to live right but we also know about that monkey on our back and many people listening right now they also know about that monkey on their back and the monkey can differ from person to person like it doesn't have to be cocaine it could be maybe shrooms for someone or ecstasy for another person or acid for another person or you know alcohol What was it that kept you wanting to live and not succumb to, well, dying and the drugs and and everything? It just, just, like, you know, man, niggas doing drugs, you find yourself,
1: like, for some reason, I always find myself in a sketchy ass situation or with a sketchy
0: ass bitch. Or oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like <laughs> no, <that's, laughs> just, no, you're right. You're real. That's that's drugs will put you in some real sketchy situations. Period. It don't mm-hmm. matter what part of town you in, if you're getting some drugs, the chances of sketchy coming around, more likely than not. <laughs> period. Yeah,
1: you know what I'm saying? And then you then somehow in your mind you normalize that shit. And then I just got tired of like looking and I got and looking in the mirror. I didn't like the scene. And I was just looking at my, I had these rings around my eyes. Like, I was just looking, mm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't look fresh in the face like I do now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't happy with myself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and then, I, and then also, too, I had my daughter. It's like, so anybody that got kids, like, what they try to do, like, you know, they got kids, like, if you got a drug problem, you try to limit your shit. So you party on the weekend. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I mean? You know what I'm saying? So I would Drop, pay somebody to watch my daughter so I can get high. Like and then I got like I'm like Nigga, this shit costs me a lot of fucking money. Like, I'm throwing them a hundred dollars every time. Like you know what I'm saying. And then, and then next y'all, I'm fucked off. so it's like a five hundred dollar weekend. So like so now I'm like I don't get I'll just keep my daughter with me and spend my money on her. she's like, she's she, she's cheap. To, she's cheap to, uh, to to make happy. She likes spending time with me you know, what
0: I'm so, you know just her daddy man, Daddy Bush shout out to Hazel man I know your your baby girl is everything to you. Let people know the kind of father you are because everybody, Rufus Gordon is not your traditional father. Rufus Gordon actually has to wear many hats in being a father. Let, explain that a little bit for the people, but I got full custody of my daughter.
1: Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and then that was, you know, her mom, her mom got mental problems and you know, and it put me in life or death situations more than more than more than a few times. And you know what I'm saying? You know, that's a whole that's some I'm gonna leave that at that because it's some ongoing it's an ongoing case going on about that. So see that. And then um, you know, and fucking uh shit, my daughter got special needs, she had heart surgery. So I pretty much had to be her caregiver for like two years. And that's another thing too, because I knew since I have full custody and then if I'm back and forth with the hospital and my slip, my slip is showing and the doctors and social workers over there see that shit, the first thing they're going to do is they can take my daughter from me. You know what I'm saying? Because if so I got full custody and I lose her, who gets her? You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. now, you're real about that. And that that could be, that that would be traumatic for her Um, Not only for her as an individual, but just for her development, you know, to know that you're not there. And and I've seen you guys together. I mean, she is your mini me. She is boogie mama. There's no question about it. Um, So being a full time father, do you still find yourself? How was it for you being a full time dad during this crazy pandemic and knowing that you know, you're going into trucking to be a mogul as well, to own your own trucking company. How are you able to balance fatherhood, going to school, and the rap career? Because you're still on the stage. You're still putting out records. Like, I was at your last video shoot. Who got the bag? That was a fire video shoot, by the way, in San Francisco. So, how do you find the balance, or where do you find that balance?
1: Man, I take it easy. I was pushing myself too hard. Like, and I had a, and then, you know, me having that heart attack in real life, I was pushing myself too hard, and I had to take, so I had to take a break. Honestly, I'm on a break from school right now, because I started having health problems, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, okay. like, my mind is telling me one thing, but my heart is showing me that I can't do as much as I used to do, you know what I'm saying?
0: And so, I had to fall back, you know what I mean? So, so now, you're dealing with health issues as a result of the ongoing partying and, binging and things like that, right? Yeah, binge partying
1: and stressing and then and then just living a uh you know just always being being romantic you know what I'm saying and and uh uh you know just being just being just living a real just living a dangerous sketchy drug in filled gangster ass lifestyle that shit, you know what I'm saying
0: like, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so, but he's done, so- it's fair to say, like, you got some game to drop for some of these youngsters out here. Cause you know, we we came up during the whole hyphy movement. It was always fizzing. I mean, I remember being up in the beehive. Uh, shout to Manessa out there in San Jose. And I mean, that's what we were doing. The 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 fizz scene, the hyphy scene was huge. Yeah. And so I do know the impact that it had on many of us who were promoting clubs or throwing parties or even, you know, performing during that time. Would you say that looking back at it, would you change anything?
1: Nah, because like, shit, I think, like my boy Kareem, he was like, I'll be like, yeah, man, I was, i changed change the city. He was like, man, he said, man, all the experiences and all the shit you have been through is getting you the results you got right now. Like mm-hmm. I done accomplished a lot in six months. It's been a lot of perseverance, a lot of like damn, I gotta make up I gotta make up for all the shit I'm fucked up. So you know what I'm saying? It's been a lot I've been able to do. You know what I'm saying? Like shit that I done accomplished and then you know what I'm saying, a short period of time as far as like growing up. So That's nah. Good. nah I didn't change shit, man. Like shit, it just shit is what it is. You can't change it. You know what I'm saying?
0: That's right. If you change one thing, you pretty much change everything. And mm-hmm. I definitely agree with Kareem in that regard. Because look, you've also proven how resilient you are. I've seen it. We've experienced it together. Um what do you think about the gangster life? I mean, you look, you've been a gangster since I met you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like at 14, you was a gangster at 14. So has the gangster life allowed you to? Well, do you feel like the gangster life has allowed you some blessings that help you live your truth now?
1: I mean, so I'm still with this gangster shit, nigga. I'm getting twisted.
0: <laughs> I know that's right, hey. <laughs>
1: I'm killing gangster shit. I'll I line somebody shit up quick. Nah, uh, but for the most part, nah, like, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, especially now, because I got all these health conditions, and I'm not arguing, I'm not fighting, I'm pulling my pistol out, so that's just where I'm at, but, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, yeah, it's like me to live my truth. It just, it's just, I mean, it's just like, I don't know, that's just a defense mechanism, but really, I'm more on some dad shit, and my most vulnerable—I'm most vulnerable when I'm with my daughter. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean? so I—I well, I, I ain't got time to argue. I mean, if you got, you got, so I feel some type of way, I'm pulling my shit out.
0: That's just it. It is so like,
1: yeah.
0: Mm. mm. Okay, that's some. Hey, you, I, y'all heard it here first. I mean, that's—that is what living your truth is about, right there. It's about loving yourself completely loving yourself wholeheartedly, regardless of your colors, regardless of your background or your backstory. I mean, you guys are hearing it right here. I mean, Rufus has been there. He's done that and he's still persevering to do better. Um, Let's talk about you being a dad. I know we had talked about you wanting a child many, 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 for many years, like years ago. I think you were like one of the last one of at least my friends that had a child. So, what do you think it, what do you think it is? I mean, do you think, or how can I put this? Is being a father everything you thought it would be?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, I just say now I just ain't got no breaks. Like Like, I don't get no days off, like shit. You know I'm saying? And then and now I don't, like, I used to want to push my daughter off with people. But then now I'm like, shit, like, I know ain't nobody going to take care of my daughter or be there for my daughter more than I'm going to be there for her. So, no, I, I ain't dropping her off nowhere. nowhere. Right? You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody going to treat
0: her the way i especially, she got special needs. And so, you know. So you can't just be dropping her off with any old person anyway.
1: mm
0: it's it's it could be a serious situation if things go wrong. Yeah. Wow. And then of course the doctors and everyone else will look at you. CPS will look at you and be like, well, where were you? So I definitely feel that. And I'm very happy to hear that. Being a father. You know, I I I trip on how fast you actually used to move. So to see you slow down right now, it's really remarkable. I want you to know that. Um, I know it was tough getting off the drugs. I know that because I was there. Um, You and I had to, you know, we had to put some distance between us because I was getting sober. You were still wiggling, doing your thing, but I know that you were also working hard to get to the other side. Just so that people understand, um, how difficult was it for you to stop doing cocaine, stop because you don't do anything. You don't even drink, you don't smoke no herb, you don't smoke no cigarettes, like you can't do any of those things. How difficult was that for you?
1: Yeah. Huh? Shit. Nigga, you shit. see shit. you ask yourself that question, if you're sitting on a on fucking on your deathbed, nigga, fighting for your life. You're praying to God, making promises to God. If you give you another chance, then you'll do better.
0: <laughs> and you're on the bed, literally praying in real time, asking God to slow this down in real time, right? Yeah. That's heavy right there. I want people to really understand. Give yourself a second to really understand what he's saying. He done already did all the damage. He's on the gurney. He in the hospital. They got him hooked up, IV'd up. In that Moment, he's praying in that moment, asking God, "Give me a chance, give me a chance." Did you ever feel like God didn't hear you? No, no,
1: cause shit, cause the worst that the worst the worst case scenario already happened. You know what I'm saying? He already spared me because I was supposed to check out as soon as I had the heart attack. You feel I me? Mean? They were just trying to make sure I didn't have multiple heart attacks. Exactly, right
0: Oh mm. Okay, that's yeah. heavy. So you know, that's heavy right there. Wow. How did you get to the hospital? I think there's a story behind that, right? Like, how did the, how did that incident? How did you end up at the hospital? um Where were you when you were having the heart attack? And and did you know it was a heart attack? That you were having? No, I
1: ain't know I was having a no heart attack, but so yeah, I beat death like twice. In this month, right? Because I caught COVID. Wow. And then, uh, and then right after I had COVID, you know, COVID caused clogs in the arteries and shit. Mm. You
0: know
1: I mean? So I caught COVID. And then, uh, after I caught COVID, I, uh, and you caught COVID twice, right? Yeah, yeah. The second um, time wasn't that bad. Okay. But, but, uh, I caught COVID and then, and then what the fuck happened? Oh, yeah, I caught COVID. And then, um, my, uh, yeah, my, um, what happened? Oh yeah, I caught COVID and then,
0: uh, so, you know, I was, I was partying, I was getting high when I was, when I was sick with COVID. And oh, was, yeah. I caught- Were you partying when you had the heart attack and when you got to the hospital or had you been partying that night?
1: Yeah, let me get to that. So, so I had COVID and then COVID co- caused clogs in the arteries. So, so up until at the point I had, um, uh, went to the hospital. Like, I kept noticing, like, I was running out of air. Like, I was running out of breath. Like, I was running out of, uh, I had no energy. And so what that was, was oxygen wasn't getting to my heart. Wow. And, and uh, uh.
0: Describe that I, feeling. What, what did that feel like?
1: It's hard. To, like, if my body kept feeling light. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll walk downstairs, and I'll be out of breath. Wow. And I'll walk down the street, I'll be out of breath. You know what I'm saying? And I just would get tired all the time. And my stomach would ache all the time and shit like that. And I just had a headache. And it just fucking just, it'd just be the worst all the time. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, um, and then so, and you know, my eyes would look all droopy and shit. And it was all just look sick. You know what I'm saying? And then, Mm, mm, mm. like something I couldn't control. And and then, so fucking, what happened? Uh,
0: who drove you to the hospital?
1: So, no, so me. So, okay, so I was partying at my house, mm. and then I was, I was on a bench for, like, two, three days. Like, two, three days. I smoked, like, two packs of cigarettes. Oh, man. And, uh, I drank, like, five bottles of wine.
0: Started
1: mm. an eight bottle of Coke.
0: Mm.
1: And then, uh, uh, and then, um. Shit, and uh, uh, I just started feeling like my mom's a cardiologist, so she's. I know she kind of like told me what symptoms of what a heart attack feels like. Okay. And uh, uh and so I started feeling like sick in my stomach and shit, and mm-hmm. a headache, and I felt like a sharp pain in my chest. Oh. I, like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I don't want to die in this motherfucker. Long door lock. I'm the no only one with the key. Like fuck that. I'm gone. All right. So. Uh, I hopped in the car, went to the fire department, and then uh, uh, went was the fire department down the street from my house, and then they called uh, uh, the ambulance, Wow. and then they me to the hospital. I thought it was just going to be some regular shit, like fucking, like now, you know what I'm saying, that uh, some regular shit, you know what I'm saying, that like, they're just going to just give me some IVs, and then let me go. And what we'll happened? The doctor told me, like, you know, why you here? I was like, nah. She's like, you're here because you had a heart attack. I was like, what the fuck? And yeah. that's, when it, that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, the worst, the worst case, the worst thing that could happen while in this situation just happened. I can't do shit about it. Wow.
0: Were you crying?
1: Yep, a little bit. Y'all just, I was in shock. Oh, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know what to say. And then I started was telling people. Or were you more scared? I was like shocked. I didn't know. what to do. I had no feeling. I was like, I shocked like fuck. Like, what am I gonna do now? Like, am, I, am I gonna die? Like fuck. And then I started accepting the fact. Like fuck, I might just die in this bitch. Wow. You know what I'm and then, uh, but look, we're gonna cause I got you know what I'm saying. Let's let's how about this? Let's leave off on this because it's starting to get deep. It's getting juicy, man. Let's just let's, let's cut this thing. We'll do, do a part two, man.
0: Uh, uh. Got you. It's all good. It's all good. I totally respect that because you know what. It is your truth, our truth, yours, mine, whomever's. That's the thing about living your truth. It gets dark. It gets heavy. You guys just heard him in real time, like right now, like you, you, you hear him talking about it, but what you're not feeling is, I mean, hopefully you're feeling what he's saying, but his emotion, and I could hear it, his emotion is also kicking in. He's being reminded. It's taken right back there. And sometimes that's how living your truth can be. It can be extremely overwhelming. So yeah, I'll respect that. We can pick that up on the next part of the interview because I get it. You know, it's not easy to reveal these parts of yourself. And that's why we're here. And that's why we're here together. That's why this is a safe space. That's why no one is here to contest your truth. Your truth, I know, is helping people Some people out there right now relate to what you're saying. Shoot, some people have even experienced what you just put down, and that's real. Because you were faced with the ugly reality that all of the choices you had made up until that point were self-inflicted. How does that make you feel? Knowing that you did this damage to yourself over the course of your life, living through the multiple personas, the Don Monster, Boogeyman, Boogie money, made off. How does it make you feel to know that you inflicted all this pain on yourself? Shit, you know, I gotta fix
1: it. Like I don't know. i just like fuck. Just shaking my head. I'm like, you know, like fuck, fuck shit. I'm like shit. I can't cry about it there. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, like can't cry with spilled milk. You know what I mean? I fixed this shit. from the day I don't like I was an asshole. I gotta fix this shit, dog. I ain't never going back to this shit. And at the point now, like, I'm so afraid to do drugs. Uh, like, that's what's what, keeping me sober out of fear.
0: But mm.
1: like, that's why I don't fuck around. And then, after why I just get easier, not even, like, I don't even think about that shit. Like And then, and I just limit myself to about three or four people that I talk to. You know what I'm saying? It just makes life, it's it much more simpler that way. You
0: know what I'm saying? I like that. I like that a lot. That's very important. When it comes to keeping your circle tight, what did that mean for the people that you would party with or the people that were like your connects, the D boys? What did that mean for them? Like, where do they stand now in your life? Are they, are they, do you allow them in? Are you keeping them at bay? How do you deal with that?
1: No, I don't, I mean, like, I, like, it's hard to forget somebody's number you know, you know what I'm saying? But like a lot of motherfuckers, like they just, they just, they they have the whole thing. The substance and the value to them that I have that I had once before ain't there anymore. So like I don't even think about them motherfuckers really. Like I don't even like even motherfuckers I like used to party with, like, you know what I'm saying? You can't save everybody, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, shit. I just tell I like a lot of it. But looking at my experience ain't a good enough example for you to not want to fuck around. It's and then you still think that shit's cool, and like you obviously I can't fuck around with them motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, and you know my connects. You know, it's a money opportunity presents so something. I'll find a way to
0: get paid. better than that, nigga, I ain't
1: fucking with, I ain't fucking with
0: So you have had to pretty much cut off. You have had to pretty much go through your phone and delete numbers of people that you would party with, the connects, um, even friends and 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 I know some of them because I party with them too. Um, was that? difficult for you to do that
1: I believe nobody's number I still got their numbers on my phone I just it's just like I have no I have no desire to call them like I see these motherfuckers like uh like anytime anything I look at it like it it's a constant reminder when I look at the number it reminds me of some shit I don't want to I don't want to see because like, I can't hide from it when I look at it, it reminds me okay fuck that
0: person I ain't fucking with them fuck them like you know what I'm saying and that's the attitude you have to have. Trust me, I know a lot about that. Um, how do you feel now about being sober? Like, how, what are you feeling like? Do you do you ever find yourself thinking about the drugs or the alcohol? Or is it pretty much you are so focused on the present and the future, that's all is required for you? Yeah, like what you just said,
1: it's all just required. Like, I don't even... Think about that shit. And then it and honestly, like, you I know, mean, motherfucker gets smoking weed around me and shit, like I'll leave. Like that shit now, the weed smells too fucking strong. Mm. Oh, cigarettes. The cigarette smell too strong. I see alcohol, like I remove myself from it. Like I'll just leave. like I have no interest in it. It's like me being that's like me going to like me going to a fucking a punk rock party. Like, nigga, I don't fuck, I don't want to be here. Like fuck, like I don't listen to this shit I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that.
0: How that story ends. Right? You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. A lot of people, they'll keep going. They'll keep. And look, I was, I'll be the first to admit it. I failed miserably at trying to quit. I failed so many times. But looking back, that was necessary. All of those failures were completely necessary for me to be where I am today. So for anyone listening who's battling, whether it be drug addiction or alcoholism or any type of vice, that's not good for you. There is hope, no question about it. You're on with two people, myself and Rufus who have made it to the other side. We've had to work diligently and very hard. We've had to stay focused. We've even had to remove ourselves from certain circles of friends and associates because, as Rufus just stated, why would you want to be there? Why would you want to be in an environment that is drug-infused or alcohol-infused? Like, why would you even want to try to mess with that? You guys just heard Rufus say he doesn't do drugs or drink or anything anymore out of fear of losing his life. He has exhausted All of his chances I'm gonna say that again he feels that he has exhausted all of his chances all of the favors that he made with the higher power that is heavy it's like you have no chances left you have straight and narrow right
1: yeah, and also too, like our, because I got, I, I gotta get off because I gotta go do a run real quick. But uh, uh like uh, uh which, what the voice that sticks in my head is our good friend's mother, Corinne's mom. She said after I had my heart attack in the hospital, because she you know she was a nurse and shit like that. She worked people mm-hmm. in the drug clinic and shit like that. She said, "I hope that boy know he, hope that boy know he out of time." Woo. Hello. <laughs> yeah, you know I, mean? I hope that boy he ain't got no more time left. <clears throat> That shit sticks with me like a motherfucker.
0: Because the heart is the strongest muscle in the body, and once the heart gives, it's a wrap. No Christmas gift.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. I
1: hope that boy mm-hmm. know you got a time, so that shit sticks with me. And we're crying, like, right, nigga. I think I remember. When you told me you was like, oh, when you first got sober, it was like, I don't want to have a heart attack. I heard that. I heard they hurt. Like, nigga, it's like. It really don't hurt that bad, but it's scary as fuck because everything, it thrives. It feels like an aching feeling in your chest. It thrives. Yeah. The muscle. And, uh, well, it's just scary because your heart is connected to everything else. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And so like now, like my heart ain't the same. How many I got are- to take, take seven pills for the rest of my life.
0: Wow. Say that for the people one more time. How many medications do you have to take for the rest of your life to stay alive? Seven. How old are you?
1: Thirty-seven. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and then now the days I forget to take them, nigga, I'm in a panic. I stop. I stop everything I'm fucking doing. I go run back to my house. One time, one time I had to go to On my way to that video shoot with Clyde Carson in Vegas, I forgot my medicine. Oh my God. Got, like an hour and a half down the
0: road. I turn right the fuck back around when it went to the house without my shit. You were, wait, you were an hour and a half away from home and you went back to the house to get your medication. Yeah, because
1: at that time,
0: the medication I was on,
1: like, it's one pill I had to take for, it's two pills I got to take for three months straight. If I didn't, I missed a day and then I'd fuck around and have a heart attack. Another artery. Wow. So but it, even to this day, I still gotta take I gotta take I gotta take these two pills for a year so my stent won't close for so my, my my arteries won't clog up again.
0: Mm-hmm. So not only are you a a nurse for your daughter, but you're also a nurse for yourself. Yep. So you're not only saving your life, but you're also having to save her life. When things go wrong, if they go wrong with her. Pretty much, yeah. Yo. So you know, it's just and honestly,
1: so that's what I'm saying. So that's why it's easy for me to say fuck everything else. I'll just focus on what I'm doing. Cause this everything I just explained, it consumes up my time throughout the day. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no time for anything else. If I find any time to get into anything else outside of my schedule, I mean I'm doing some shit I ain't supposed to be doing, but I gotta
0: get off here, G you all good, my brother. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show. You really stuck to what we talked about, which is slowing down. My last question is this, and you can answer this with a yes or a no. Are you living your best truth? Yeah. That's what's up. Rufus Gordon, thank you so much for coming on Living Your Truth with Tavares. My brother, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to having you back on the show. Go be the best version of yourself today and also be the best father that you can be to your beautiful daughter, Hazel. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Rufus Gordon, a.k.a. Boogie Money Madoff, a.k.a. Man, a.k.a. the Don Monster. I appreciate you, my brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right, for sure. All right, peace. All right. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Tavares. We just had an incredible guest on the show, Rufus Gordon. I just want to say thank you again to him for being so transparent. I know that... Some of you may or may not feel a kind of way about some of the language that you heard. Look, I said before, living your truth comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. It is a part of who we are. That's why evolution is so important to recognize. And I am so thankful to have this space, this platform, to share it with individuals like Rufus Gordon. You heard his story and there's gonna be more. We have decided to add a part two to this interview. I felt that was necessary because of how impactful his story is. The details that surround his life I'm sure many people can relate and connect to. And so I thank him for his courage. I thank him for his transparency, his will to not only wanna live, but to wanna be better and to wanna be there for his daughter. Yes, he has to take seven medications for the rest of his life to stay alive. I hope that wakes Anyone up who is struggling or who is moving too fast because we rather you slow down on your own accord instead of being made to slow down. Getting off of drugs and alcohol for some people is a lifelong struggle and journey. Those of us who have been able to get off and stay off, we are blessed. We are fortunate. We are the lucky ones. Some people don't make it out. I know a few. And we are going to continue to keep the light on For those who are not here, because what we're doing is giving back in the best way. We are shedding light on struggles that people often suffer with in silence. I've said it before. You do not have to suffer in silence. That is ridiculous. Although I get it. I've been there. It's very tough to shake that. It's very tough to get out of your own way. It's very tough to get from inside of your mind to living in the world. So I hope today's show has landed with many of you, if not all of you. I hope that you were able to connect to some of the details. And if not see yourself, then perhaps someone you know a loved one, a friend, a family member, a significant other, be there for them. Support them when they allow themselves to be supported. Be present, be accessible and be kind. I know sometimes dealing with people who are on drugs and alcohol and they have an addiction, Things can get pretty crazy. They can even get hectic. We all may or may not have had family members who have had to go down that tough, tough road. Living your truth is necessary, it will set you free. You just heard Rufus Gordon. And again, I applaud that brother very, very, very much. Coming on here, sharing his story with you all is not easy, but that is what it's about. Living your truth is not supposed to be easy, especially if you have had life experiences that have led you down wrong, the, the wrong roads, um, that have led you into sketch situations. I'm thankful for this podcast I am even more thankful for all of you. I appreciate each and every one of you who have tuned in, who's downloaded the show. We look forward to always giving you new episodes because we know the episodes are going to be genuine and authentic. This show is unscripted. There may be a few bullet points, but there is no script. We are speaking from the heart. We're coming from the gut. We're bringing all the transparency you can handle. There's no filter here. I mean, you heard the interview, it's very raw. We're doing something very, very special here. You're witnessing an evolution and it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. I appreciate each and every person out there who's tuning in. We will be back next week with brand new episodes on Living Your Truth with Tavares. Don't forget to hit us up on the email livingyourtruthpodcast at gmail.com spelled traditionally podcast at gmail.com Sending your inquiries, questions, comments, or concerns And we will respond to you. Have a beautiful day, afternoon, and evening. Be the best versions of yourself. And live your truth. Peace.